0: Welcome to consider this. We are continuing our deep dive series into Scripture, and for those of you who love it, you got to be loving this. Uh, I'm here with Jim Johnson in the studio. He preached from Jeremiah and Isaiah on Sunday. We're going to drill down on that. We hope you enjoy, Minister Johnson.
1: Yes, we min- can get it, we- Minister Broadway. Minister
0: Broadway, I am that. I am ordained. <laughs> and you were well i don't know if you were there you might have been there when when they did that yep yeah it's been a long time uh so i was gone i was at a navigators convention over the weekend and i caught bits of is it hard to find
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, I, know, can, I can do that stuff like on the fly
0: you're really good at that navigating. anyway with gps the answer is no okay it was in kansas city in independence actually uh, a suburb of Kansas City. I got to eat Kansas City barbecue
1: for the first time. It's where the Mormons are from. It's Independence, Missouri.
0: I never knew that. Yeah. And then they migrated to Utah yeah. to avoid Independence. persecution. Independence
1: is like the New Jerusalem.
0: I had no idea. Yeah.
1: Well, and there's some other, yeah, it's a little more complicated yeah, no, but than that. Still, it's a little yeah. more complicated than that, but yeah. No, I didn't know that was woven into nope, the history. It's a big, that's a big like Mormon that. Speaking of prophets, yep,
0: yep. <laughs> maybe a misunderstood idea of what a prophet is. We can get into that. Yep. Uh, yeah, so so let's talk about that. We, obviously, we, we have this series where we're going through the entire Bible, but we're picking pivotal stories and figures and yep. whatnot yep. in order to go from creation to recreation, I guess, the renewed earth at the end of Revelation. And so along the way, we made a stop at Jeremiah and Isaiah— There are a lot of prophets in the Old Testament that we could have uh, chosen to focus on. So kind of unpack why those two seem to be the two that really stood out as we thought about um, how they supported this story of God that goes throughout Scripture.
1: Sure. So as you look at the different categories of prophets that you see in the Bible, um, these are the ones that come along and help Israel interpret events or speak direct truth. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the One of my favorite ideas about a prophet is that they just don't care who has a crown or who doesn't have a crown. So they're the ones that can march in to see the king, and the king has to listen to them, right? So, And it's because they are this ambassador from God. So who do you think you are? And the answer is, like, if God has sent you, that's all the... That's all the requirement that's necessary. Mm -hmm. So there are different kinds of prophets. So you might think about like uh, Elijah and Elisha, and they are more like speaking prophets. So neither of them wrote books. So they were sent to confront the northern tribes. And so nothing, nothing written down.
0: So those are like history books that are recording the events yes, yes. So, of their ministry. Yes, so yeah.
1: in, in the book of First and Second Kings partic- particularly, mm-hmm. it describes their ministry, right? So the ministry of those two prophets. Um, and then you have like the ones that we would mostly think about would be the prophets of the, of the Bible, which is usually divided into major and minor. Mm-hmm. Um, the major, and, and the difference between major and minor is the length of the book. Yeah. So it's not important, not important, but it's how long is the book. And so uh, two of the longest books in the Bible. Are Jeremiah and Isaiah. Mm-hmm. So both of them uh, carry a sheer amount of weight in terms of um, just the volume of material that they actually have. The other thing that, you know, that so there's, there's that. Um, but then why didn't we include Ezekiel? And the answer is, well, we did. Actually, he's coming next week because he's <laughs> going to be describing something a little bit different. So Ezekiel and Nehemiah. Um, but Isaiah and Jeremiah do a do a really interesting job Bringing together all of these prophetic themes, so it talks about Israel's sin, it talks about the covenantal faithfulness of God, and then it speaks very clearly about what the somewhat of the process of redemption and restoration is going to look like in in prophetic form. Particularly Isaiah, yeah, um, um, I would say it leans a little bit more, you know, heavy in terms of that. But those two prophets are just so. Um, so big in terms of Israel's history uh, that it just seems to encompass everything that we wanted to encompass. Which is, God is going to speak the truth to His people. His people are going to be called to repent. Um, only a few are going to do that, and God's judgment is going to come. And then, in the midst of we seeing, in midst of us witnessing God's judgment being poured out upon His people, it is still with a redemptive goal in mind. And so there is the then restoration of the nation for the coming of the Messiah. And so that's the part that we just loved is that Isaiah and Jeremiah talk about the new covenant and talk about this new, this new heart that we will have and this new relationship that we will have in this new kingdom. So both of them just cover all of those bases. So like the book of Obadiah is just one chapter kind of pronouncing judgment against. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really not what we're looking at appreciate what he wrote, but it's Isaiah and Jeremiah, kind of bring more to the table.
0: I have to confess, I'm more familiar with Isaiah because of the messianic prophecies that are so well-known, Isaiah 51 and 53, those things. Uh, A little bit less so with Jeremiah, but...
1: uh, One of my favorite favorite thoughts about Jeremiah that I realized um, kind of later on, Jeremiah comes later, so Isaiah... Mm -hmm. Is warning of God's judgment and Babylon coming and then Jeremiah is in the thick of it right yep. Yep. and the part that I just fell in love with when I first time I really began to unpack Jeremiah was Jeremiah is telling Israel not only do you need to repent but you're not going to and so you need to you need to take your punishment right so Jeremiah chapter 29 I know the plans that I have for you right. is in the context of a discipline that's coming. You're about to get kicked in you're the teeth. You're about to get kicked in the teeth. <laughs> yeah. and, and and it's because this is my plan of redemption and restoration. And so often we just always think about avoiding things. But Jeremiah really challenges us to kind of endure the discipline of the Lord, you know, and, and again, in a, in a collective statement. And what I love about Jeremiah is he asks a question, you know, so you're trying to avoid this punishment and the way you're going to avoid it, actually, as Babylon is coming is you're going to side with Egypt. And so he literally asks the question, really? Like, you guys, you guys really think that? Let's think about our history here. Egypt is going to be our rescuer, and and there's a lot of play off of that, which is really interesting. So some of the language in Jeremiah that I really have come to value and appreciate is, "Do not put your trust in horses mm-hmm. and chariots." Mm-hmm. That's a Jeremiah idea, and so it's like, you know, my judgment is coming, and so there is a sense of rebellion that. That to me is, is very interesting in Jeremiah. It really is very humbling to me where it is you don't want to repent, and so you're going to try to figure a way to still skirt God's judgment yeah. instead of truly learning from it. And so I love that idea. I'm going to trust in chariots. I'm going to trust in horses. I'm going to trust in Egypt. And God is like, wow, like how 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 short memory mm-hmm you have how ironic how ironic how, how ironic right yeah. so they literally appeal to egypt to be their saviors because they don't believe god can do it and it's just like wow that's that's a really broken idea Seriously? so i love that i love that kind of played out in the book of jeremiah
0: so you know when people think about or talk about prophets i think many of us have sort of a caricature in our mind sure calling well. fire down or running away or poor me or you know nobody i'm the only one here uh, it's a very interesting uh, mix of things that we we think about when we think about prophets. Yep. So what what do you think are some of the most common misconceptions that yeah. people have yeah. about I think, prophets?
1: I think the biggest thing is, is that they forget how much they are covenant reminders, mm-hmm. really kind of drawing people back. So they speak a lot, not just of a generic repentance, but... You know they're they're really speaking a truth. You you have strayed. You have forgotten. So it's not uh, most of the time when they think about prophets, they think about of prophesying, telling the future, and telling of the future. So Mm -hmm. they literally think about uh, future telling. And so, you know, the prophet's going to say, here's what's going to happen, and, the, and it's going to come from Babylon. And, and all of those things are kind of true, right? Because there is an element in which that is the case. But, but it's not the point. But it, but it really isn't the point. Yeah. It really isn't the point. So a lot of what the, 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 the predictive elements of the prophet are to underline in advance God's involvement in the scenario. Mm. But it's almost like a, um, just kind of a natural thing that goes with it. Right, because again, the the prophet would have never had to come if Israel had been faithful. Yeah. So it's and, and this is I think really really helpful when you go back and you take a look. The Bible makes it very very clear. Um, the book of Deuteronomy. There's a list of curses and a list of blessings. So it's not that God just has changed his mind about something. It's, no, he said from the very, very beginning, if you do A, you get A, and if you do B, you get B.
0: And it's a sign of his covenantal faithfulness. It's, yes. Right.
1: So there is actually something broken if God says, hey, if you rebel against me and I'm going to come and judge you, so then when they rebel against him, if he doesn't come and judge them, then he is unfaithful. Mm-hmm. So faithfulness is if you think about it really kind of has as a natural part of what we should expect is the judgment of god for without it we really don't have any sense of justice we don't have any sense of faithfulness so we we need that even in ourselves i would i remember when the boys were little and i would say things like uh, yeah you know if you don't finish your supper then you can't have dessert and they would be like okay that's fine i don't care and i'm like okay so don't they don't have to necessarily finish their supper, and so no dessert. We're the rest of us reading dessert, and one of my boys would just say, "Hey, can I have dessert now?" And I said, "Well, I mean, the only way you could have dessert is if I become a liar. If I if I all of a sudden if my words mean nothing, then in the end, so I need you to choose. Do you want dessert? But then, by the way, like you won't be able to trust anything that I say. And I I, I would always tie the um, kind of the going back on my word. As, as something that was going to be really destructive for the entire family. And yet it looked like it was going to, I always pointed out, I always did it in a context where it looked like it was going to benefit them. Like all
0: sins pleasurable for a short time. Yeah, Yeah.
1: So it's like, so if you want dessert and daddy to be a liar, then I'll I'll consider that, and I would have even done it short term to kind of prove my point. Yeah, right. And at times I actually I would I would do that. I would say things, hey guys, we're going out, we're gonna to go to McDonald's, and they'd be all excited, and then I would just say, yeah, no, we're not going. I was just I was just lying to you, and they would they hated it. They were just like, I, you can't do that to me. I'm like, well, why? Well, because like the words that we say matter. So there really is, in a sense, if you think about it, like if we're just going to really appreciate God in the fullness of who he is and not just selectively about him. There is something beautiful in the fact that when he says, and when you rebel against me, I will come and I will judge you. So whether it's Jesus in the letters to the seven churches or it's God to the people of Israel in the book of Deuteronomy, there is a promise of blessing if there is a good you know if there's a a positive response and then there's a promise of judgment if there's a negative so
0: it reminds me of ryans message on the 10 commandments when he talked about the the world around them having these arbitrary and capricious gods yep. that they couldn't yep. predict couldn't predict and so they would go to extreme measures out of a desperation to try and appease the gods not even knowing if they were and the beauty of the law was there was this certainty that God yep, yep. is predict you know he's yep, predictable yep. he's going to keep his word and do what he says and I think that's very similar to what you're what you're saying there was actually grace and mercy and a freedom in uh, the idea of obedience to the Lord yeah so there's a much much bigger picture than just eh, he's being mean. Well, it's
1: not, and and what I love about it is, is that going back and thinking about what we're describing is the faithfulness of God. Yeah. Can you trust that he will do what he says? Yes. And without it, it is mayhem. It is just mayhem. What do you do? I mean, you don't know what to do in the face of that. You have no idea what to do. yeah. So if you cannot trust him in, say, even in his judgment, so Mm -hmm. to speak, Mm -hmm. it means you cannot trust him in his rewards. So, you know, God comes to us holistically.
0: Hmm. So good. Next question: Are there prophets today, and uh, or did he just like nope? We're done after Jesus. No more prophets. And uh, how do we know? Yeah. And, and, and yeah. how can you if somebody's a false prophet? Yeah. Because there are definitely people that claim to be prophets. I've encountered them in services. Sure. Sure. And I've and in, I remember one case where I walked away going, uh, "Boy, they had some insight and they had some discernment." Sure. Does that necessarily mean they're really that they're yeah. a prophet? I yeah. don't know. It was it was fascinating because yeah. I was directly addressed by by one of them and it was like, "Man, you just you just got me right where I'm living right now." Yeah. It was incredible. But yeah. it could have just yeah. been somebody with some discernment, you know, sure. a spirit of discernment, not sure. necessarily a prophet of Yahweh yeah. representing Jesus. I don't know.
1: Yeah. No, it's a it's a great question, you know. I think so one of the things is is that we have to we have to differentiate between being a prophet and being prophetic, uh-huh. right? So sometimes we just almost mean it more like charismatic or, um, you know, strong or bold or courageous, right? right? So right, we, right. we almost we use it that more That dude's a prophet man. He yeah, speaks the truth. Yeah, he's, just, he's just, just really, letting them, he's really letting them have it, so yeah, to speak, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're or speaking with a prophetic voice. So I would say, yeah. first of all, you have to differentiate between that. The, the second thing is, I mean, the New Testament, Paul, the Apostle Paul seems to describe there to be a spiritual gift of prophets, prophets and prophecy. Mm-hmm. So they seem to have been given to the church for specific purposes. Um, and again, I, it makes sense that there would be some covenant reminders. So I would say in the same way that I believe all of the spiritual gifts are at the discretion of our good and mighty God and can be given at any time for the purposes, I, I have no idea why there wouldn't be people uh that to be involved with a prophetic voice Mm -hmm. um not just a prophetic tone but truly like words that come from the lord um and then i would say this i would say like even if you go back and look in the in the in the in the biblical text you there's a lot of like prophets that you barely know about. Like we would think about like I'll give you a good example like Nathan, never mm. really he's not quite an Elijah and he's not he's not an Isaiah or Jeremiah. So he's almost in the middle. And there's a number of those that and he's are the one, someone, that David, he's right? one that confronts David. He's the one that confronts David. So I think you know I would not be surprised at all um, that the Lord would would call annoying to point some kind of a prophetic either uh, statement or just a prophetic utterance. Right Like the mm-hmm. Lord, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, again, it's He gets to do what He wants. He's never asked me for my uh, my thoughts or my opinion, and so there really is a sense in which I believe God could give anyone at any particular time a word to speak collectively because He wants them to hear it. Um, I, I, I think that the the one thing that I would just I, I guess caution people against is to discern the difference between a deep conviction that you might have. And 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 the Lord truly calling you mm-hmm. um, to be a to be a prophetic voice, uh, and then to just be careful not to manipulate it. Like I, I mean, I've I've had some very deep deep convictions, and I just don't have the personality to to do a thus saith the Lord. Weirdly enough, I think people think I do have that personality. I, ever, I really don't, because I think that if you were to ask me or to tease out what's going on. I would say I definitely have the Holy Spirit. I think what I'm about to say lines up with Scripture. Mm -hmm. So if in that sense it's got a prophetic tone or a prophetic origin, meaning from the the Word of God, I'm with you. But I don't have a prophetic call. Um, Even though if I kind of play around in my mind – I I I can I can almost convince myself, yeah, like it's it was since I was a kid and, and 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 I I just don't know where it came from and and all of those things I think are somewhat true. But when I go back and I look at how Isaiah and Jeremiah and the rest of them were called, that that really was not me. So I I I want to be able to recognize God's going to do what God's going to do. I definitely want to recognize that we need to speak boldly. But I have no problem actually saying, Steve, you know, the Lord has put it on my heart to tell you this. Yeah, And then you ask, so, hey, is this like a prophetic thing? And I would say, well, it's prophetic in the sense that, and then I need to be honest. It's prophetic in the sense that I have the Holy Spirit. This is a conviction that I have. I think it lines up with Scripture. I think it's discerning. Um, but I never want to manipulate um what what godly people i mean i guarantee you i mean you know our congregation if i i I could i could easily say to in a lot of instances the lord told me to say to you and i think a lot of people would buy it right like Mm -hmm. they would they would trust me with that so if that is the case like i need to make sure that i am differentiating between um, a, 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 an inner conviction, which I still think is under the guidance truth. of the and Holy still, yeah, Spirit, ab- yes, absolutely, and there's still a Holy Spirit connection to it. Mm-hmm. I still think I need to differentiate. You know, the Apostle Paul liked to say, um, well, he said a few times, um, oh, "This is a word from me, not a word from the Lord." Right. And I, I think there's some there's some profound wisdom and humility in that, because I know how people are going to hear me, and because I know I will answer to the Lord. I want to seek clarity. And so um, I'm not trying to side skirt what the Lord is wanting to say through me. Um, I also don't need to kind of steal that kind of authority. I want to respect that kind of authority, that, that, that in essence, that prophetic authority. So as it lines up with scripture, as I have been given the responsibility to be an elder or a leader in the church, I'll stand on that.
0: And in a sense, if that makes sense, it does. Prophecy is, I mean, truth speaking is a form of. Like, sure, declaring truth, sure, declaring sure. the gospel is a form of the prophetic. Yes, yes, right? yes. It has nothing to do with telling the future, nope, nope. necessarily. Nope. Um, so, how do we know if someone is a false prophet?
1: <laughs> yeah, I would say that in the end, like uh, like I was teaching last night in our, Gala- or, uh, or, uh, our class on the life of the Apostle Paul from the book of Galatians, um, I think there is an ability for us to know or discern things, okay? And one of them is over time, the Bible teaches that wisdom would be proved right by by our, by our children, right. meaning that if the prophecy comes true, right, whatever it might be, then that's how we know we have a good prophet. Yeah. But that it's not just that a prophet can say anything and that, that validates him. It's if it is in accordance with the word uh-huh. and it comes true, then yes, we, we could deem that person to be either giving a prophetic statement or a... Uh, uh, temporary long-term whatever it is uh the hand of god is upon them and they have the authority mm-hmm. so i think we look for uh, coherence or integrity with the biblical message first and foremost and then the second thing is is that we then look to see whether or not those things happen those things in in, in essence if, if there is a prophetic future telling did, did it happen did it did it actually come true so both of those are necessary
0: Hal Lindsey's got to be a false prophet. He's, I don't oh. know how many times over the decades he said, this is it. Jesus yeah. is
1: coming back. Oh, yeah. You know. But. Well, and that's the, the, the part is, is that I want to say to people, okay, so this really is prophetic. I'll, I'll give you a good example. My mother-in-law, who's gone on to be with the Lord, I mm-hmm. believe, um, you know, she, she loved to give me a word from the Lord. And I'm just like, like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll never forget one time she said, I have a word for the, from the Lord for you. And I'm like, what is it, Mom? And I just, I I didn't, I I wanted to hear it, right? I want, Paul says, right, in Thessalonians, do not treat. With contempt. With contempt. Don't treat the prophetic word with contempt. And I thought, okay, I got to be careful I don't do that. Right. And so I said, what is it, Mom? And I can't remember which psalm she began to quote from memory, right? But she began to to quote from one of the psalms, A Truth About God, Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting at the, this is a, I was in grad school at the time. I'm sitting at this small little church in Illinois, and she's kind of giving me this utterance from the Psalms. And I don't know. I mean, I think she was a well intended, sweet, godly woman who wanted to speak biblical truth to me. And it was one of those moments where I was really humbled and appreciative of it because I was actually taught, you know, the Lord speaks in many mysterious ways. Mm And, you know, I've, I've always kind of thought that she was somewhat naive or somewhat even not manipulative mean, but manipulative with that kind of rhetoric because it can be manipulative. Yeah. But whatever it was, the Lord kind of asked me to kind of slow it down. And after she was done, I said, you know, mom, that, that and no, she didn't say prophetic. She just said, this is a word from the Lord. Right, so it has right. a prophetic feel to it.
0: Yes, somehow and, given her the unction to want to yeah. share this.
1: And I just kind of thought, I totally agree. That was a word from the Lord. Clearly. So, um, I really did. I spent some time that afternoon trying to think, Lord, I'll just trust that that was either, you know, well intended, Mm -hmm. but it was still a word from the Lord. So there's no reason why I couldn't apply it. And I just remember kind of working through that. So I I think that needs to be our attitude is, um, loving our brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, if it was false, then I think I would have to have another conversation with her. But I, I really learned to be appreciative in that moment.
0: That's where our view of the authority of Scripture brings great comfort. Yeah. All Scripture yeah. is God-breathed yeah. Yeah. and useful. And yeah? peace. Any any last thoughts before we conclude our conversation? No, I mean, I'm, I'm
1: looking forward to seeing what this next sermon looks like because, you know, the next prophets are going to be dealing with the destruction of the temple, destruction of the, um, the walls, and then kind of the rebuilding of them from Ezekiel and Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. So uh, obviously the... Jeremiah Isaiah isn't the only prophetic voices, so it'll be it'll be fun to see where this goes.
0: Very good. Again, the series has been awesome, profound and uh, surprising to me. I'm loving it. Hope you guys are too and I hope you enjoyed our conversation. We will talk with you next time.